0: Thanks for joining us for the latest message at Island Church. Well, praise God, it's an honour and a privilege to be up here in Derry City to preach the Word. You know, whenever I used to go to Dundalk many years ago—well, not many years ago, but many years ago—they used to keep me going and said, "You know, big Max and all come from the north," and I used to say, "You know, heavens in the sides of the north." And this is the farthest north I've ever preached. This is the closest I've got to heaven. And, and I was sitting on the chair there, and Adrian says, "This man knows everything." He's going to say he knows everything about the Bible, and he fell off the chair. <laughs> so it's an honour and a privilege to be here. You know, it was wonderful being being involved in the construction of this church. And looking at what god has done you know we used to sing a wee song years ago and you be look what the lord has done he healed my body look what the lord has done you know less than a year ago we in fact we didn't really start working on this building i suppose until near the end of june ryan actually only bought the building probably about march time last year Totally no reason to do it other than the Holy Spirit had told them, him and Kimberly, to do it. You know, they had travelled the country believing God for the Holy Spirit to tell them where to plant a church and the Holy Spirit told them to plant it here. I mean, if you'd seen this building at the start, we should actually put some of the pictures up this way this building used to look like. You'd have said that building would never make a church, but look what the Lord has done. The Bible says in Psalm 127 and verse 1, "Except the Lord... Builds the house, they that labour labour in vain. You know, when we started to build this house, we hadn't got all our ducks in a row. You know, many a year ago, whenever fairgrounds used to come to town, you know, there used to be all sorts of arcades and stuff. We used to get a gun with pallets in it, or or or. or corks or something and there used to be these ducks all come along and you used to try and shoot them and try and shoot all these ducks in a row and if you get shot all the ducks in a row you might have got a goldfish or something but I mean you know in reality ducks never come in a row and when we went to start this job and work on this project and do this building all our ducks were in a row but all we knew was this we're not in a row all we knew was this here that God had told us to do it and I'm telling you God ordered our steps. I mean, we had all sorts of obstacles that come against us. I mean, I got emails and all sorts of things. Sort of, Because people don't expect you to press on in and do the thing that God has told you to do. They sort of expect you to wait to get all your ducks in a row. Our ducks came in their a row, but they didn't start off in a row. How many of you know the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord? So it's wonderful to uh, be here and see what God has done you know, sometimes whenever you're heading to a destination or a direction that God has told you to go to, it, it, sometimes it doesn't seem like you're making enough ground or things are happening fast enough. Many a time, whenever I climb a mountain, I, I, I climb mountains in, over in the other side of, the, of Northern Ireland in the moorings periodically. And any time, you know, Rand asks me to minister a word, I go specifically up the mountains and I say, Lord... I want a specific word for this day, for this people, for what you've called me to do. And as I'm climbing a mountain, a lot of times I'm looking up to the top of the mountain. And it's maybe steep and I'm saying to myself, I'm not really making much ground here. But whenever you look back at where you've come from, sometimes you're astounded at how you've got in such a short period of time. And this, it's wonderful what God has done here and how far we have gotten, how far we have come. I mean, this time last year, we hadn't started this building and we we're having meetings in a, a rented building in Queen Street. Praise God for how he's ordering our steps. You know, when we were starting the building, there was all sorts of things that come against us. Matthew 14, verse 30 says, But when he saw the wind, talking about Peter, when he was walking on the water, boisterous, he was afraid... And he began to sink. You know, if you look at the circumstances, if God tells you to do something and you have a, a desire to do it and God has put it in your heart to do something, you're going to come against obstacles. You're going to have tests. The devil's going to try and stop you doing what you're doing. And if you start looking at the circumstances, I mean, we had a <laughs> way up on the roof here. We had a thing we had to take down. He used to call it Goliath. And it was really dangerous. It was really tricky. But God showed us. My son, Luke, worked in this job and managed it and done a great job. And God brought lots of people around us, clever people, great electricians and great people, painters, the whole lot, and ordered our steps and got the job done. But if we were to look at some of the obstacles that we come against, we had to stop probably. But whenever you've got. God in the, uh, in, in, on board, and you've committed your way unto the Lord, it's wonderful how things come into place. Man, have you ever started something that God wasn't in? You know, it's hard to push water up a hill. <laughs> you know, but it's great whenever you've got God on board. And I mean, it was wonderful. I can tell you this, this is a move of God. This is the call of God, because I've God's hand in this. And how this come together was, was totally amazing. Praise God for the good Christian architects and the people that God brought, brought around us and they designed a wonderful job. Proverbs 16 verse 3 in the Message Translation says, Put God in charge of your work and what you've planned will take place. And we committed this unto God and it was wonderful when God was in, in charge of it and it came together really well. Psalms uh, 37 verse 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And many know it says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. You know, many of people have plans and, uh, and, and goals, but they have no action to it. You have to have an action. And the Bible says that as you step out, as you head towards a direction, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I mean, many years year ago, we were starting up a, a, a contract in Belfast in a, in a social housing for the Northern Ireland Housing Executive and there was me and there was John Holloway there, Thomas McGee and Tommy Smith and we had won this great contract and we were so pleased you know look what the Lord has done and how he got us this contract. So we went and bought three vans. John bought an Austin Maestro van, Tommy Smith bought an Austin Maestro van and Thomas McGee bought an Austin Maestro van because Austin Maestro vans were very cheap. <laughs> So we all bought one for about five hundred pound each, and we were all talking about this job, and we were discussing how to do it. We went and looked around it, and we had coffee and we had breakfast together, and we talked about it. Then suddenly, done this. Don, us. you know, we're not really making any money here until we actually start doing something. So we got stuck in it and praise God, it made it work. I mean, you know, you need to press into what God has told you to do. It's not good enough just to talk about it and to think about it and look at it. There is an action. And God has got a great plan and a mandate for everyone in their lives. And the witness of the In-Spirit said, he'll tell you what that is, the leading of the Holy Spirit. But I mean, you know, you need to press into it. You need to move into the plan of God for your life. James 1 verse 17, the NIV, the Northern Ireland version. In the same way, am I too far up with this? Maybe put it down a little bit. In the same way, faith itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. You can have all the faith in the world, but until you actually action that faith, it's going nowhere. Faith Must have an action. You know, I have a great gym at home. I built up a great gym, and you know, by looking at me, I haven't really used it a whole lot. (laughs) You know, there's no, you can have a great gym, you can have all the weights and running machines and cross trainers and stappers and all the whole stuff. But there's no point in looking at them. You have to put an action to it. You actually have to start using them because looking at them is not going to achieve anything. You can look at them all day. You can talk about it all day. But until you actually get into your groove and create a scenario whereby you're going to the gym. You now, some people go to the gym and it lasts for a day. But if you can continually do it and get a, a develop and, and, and that, that action, you're going to develop a habit of doing it and get into it. And, and use that, Jim. And it's the same with faith. You have to have an action with faith. You know, some people, you know, everything's going along well and they're not pressing into the things of God. They're not sitting in under the word. They think they're in faith. They think, but when the challenge comes, they're not in faith at all. There's no point in running into the, you know, it's a bit like the fella. He was sitting, you know, Drinking Coca-Cola and watching football and golf and farting about and doing nothing, essentially. And then whenever, you know, the boys come in to break into the house, he runs. Where's my weights? (laughs) It's a bit late. It's a bit late. Now's the time to sit in under the Word, to get into your groove and to do what God has called you to do. Hebrews 14 and verse 12 says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. And man, you know, this word will transform your life. Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are truth. They are life unto those that find them, and health unto their flesh, another portion of scripture says. That word that says quick is an old English word that means alive. And it's taken from, did anybody ever, you know, pull your nail down and it goes down in here into the quick? and it's a little bit stingy. And if you get a little, little bit of brown sauce on the menu, it's vibrantly alive, or a bit of vinegar or something. That's what the Word of God is. This Word is quick and powerful and sharper than I torch. You. you can take this Word out just like a mechanic will take a 13mm or a half inch spanner out to loosen a nut. You can take this Word out and apply it to your health, to your finances, to your mind, to your will, to your emotions, to every aspect of your life. And this Word of God will change your life. You know, I was coming on the road to church this morning and just on the national TV or radio, the news, it happened to say that that they've proved it now the people that go to church are happier and they live longer and have a better life. And many know it's good to be in church. It's good to be rooted and grounded and get yourself into church. Get yourself sitting in under the unchangeable word of God. You know, situations will change. Circumstances will change. But this word never changes. This word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says, I am the Lord God. I change sometimes. No times. I change not. So you can go on it. You know, we had an election lately. And you know, these politicians say, well, we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. And we're going to do the other. And you know, they have all the best intentions of what they're going to do. And they're going to do them as far as their mandate gets concerned and as far as their manifesto is concerned. But then what happens is you have a, a, a cost of living crisis. Then you have a war in Ukraine. And they cannot fulfill their mandate. But I'm telling you this here. I don't care what's going on in, in, in Ukraine or Russia or Timbuktu. My confidence and my hope is in the Lord God and in this word. And it doesn't change. And if you put your confidence and your hope there, there's nothing you can't accomplish. If this word says you can do it, you can do it. Praise God. As I said before, you know, you can have a hundred Bibles. You can have all the podcasts in the world. You can have the walls coming down with tapes as we used to have or CDs. You have concordances. This translation, that translation and the other translation. And just like the gym... If you don't actually put it into action or don't only do anything with it, it's not going to benefit you. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in you. And many you know you have to stir your gift up? You have to stir up what is in you Nobody else is going to stir it up for you. You have to apply yourself to the Word of God. You have to get into your groove. You have to sit in under the call that God has for your life. There's no point in you hoping that somebody else is going to do it. You need to get into church, sit in under the Word. You know, young Christians, I always tell them this here, because my pastor told me it many years ago. He says, I told him, I says, I, I I'm born again. Yes, I've given the, the, Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. But I'm concerned. I says that I'm a habit of drinking and a habit of smoking, and I'm done this and I'm running around here, and uh, I I don't want to let you down, let myself down, let my parents down, let the whole people down, and be committed to this, and five minutes later I'll be back doing what I was doing two weeks ago. He told me, he says, you come in here. And you get in through them doors every time they open and you sit under the word. You say, I don't care what you do. You sit under the word. You commit yourself, get rooted and grounded and the word of God will transform your life. And you'll not go back. You may have fear going back, and even if you do go back, you sin under the Word for six months, and the Word of God will transform your life. And I've seen people coming into church, and they look in their bad state and look ropey, and a lot of months later, their very countenance is transformed. So I want to encourage you to sin under the Word, the Word will transform you, and you'll never go back. You know, I just want to thank God this morning also for. For Ran and Kimberly, the pastors of this church, I'm telling you, they're two people who love the Lord and they're committed to this cause. They're committed to what God has told them to do. And uh, they're, they're people of outstanding integrity. And I just would encourage you, that if you live in this city or if you're handy to it or if you're listening on a podcast or you're you're listening via Facebook or whatever other social media form that's out there, I want to encourage you. If God's speaking to you this morning, I believe there's people listening to this word that God's speaking to. Get behind the vision. Get behind the call. These are people of outstanding integrity and I want to thank God for them and I want to encourage you to get behind the call. I've seen God in this vision. I've seen him in the vision for this church in relation to construction of it. I've seen him in the vision of this church, you know, in every area and every aspect of it. The people, the key people that God has put around Ryan and Kimberly up here is awesome. There's more key people to come. There's people of God has called to come here and they're coming. I want to thank God for the Holy Spirit, encouraging them and telling them to do it. And many know Hebrews 13 verse 6 says, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will do unto me. How many of you know it's good to have the Lord as your helper? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So you need to be in church. You need to get behind a vision. You need to be in faith. Believe in God for your own life too. You know, it's all right believing God for church and being in the vision, and being in the role that God has for you. But you know, you're supposed to rule and reign in life by one Christ Jesus. That's what the Word of God says. And it's good to have your own vision, your own natural aspirations that God has given to you. You know, there was a mighty man of God in the last century, in the, 19, or the 20th century, called Kenneth Hagen. And in a prayer meeting, he would quite often go around people, and they're praying, and he would nudge them in the prayer meeting and says, what do you believe in God for? And they would say, well, nothing in particular. And he says, you know what you're going to get? Nothing in particular. We should have a vision. The Bible says that my people perish for a lack of vision. Hopes, goals, aspirations in your life. You know, there's people that should, that are believing God for spouses, for children. You know, I've sat in churches where people have believed God for spouses. I've sat in, and got them. I've been in churches where people have been told that they can't have children. There's no hope of having children. And miraculously, I know a, a lady now, she says, Four children, miraculously, look what the Lord has done. I'm telling you, there's nothing that you can't put your faith in and your hope in and sow it into your heart. Sow the seed of the word in your heart and it will develop. You know, if you don't sow seeds, do you know what happens? They don't produce anything. I heard this story once. I'm not even sure how true it is, but it sounds true because uh, I do a bit of gardening myself and some of the aspects of of it are, are absolutely true. That whenever... Years ago, thousands of years ago in fact, whenever the the pharaohs died, they buried them in a a sarcophagus or a, a pyramid or whatever. And they sent into them all the things that they were going to get in their fake life, their fake future, which was a lie. And essentially they took in gold and silver and all sorts of things. But they took in bags of seeds. Loads of seeds so that they could plant them in the, new, in the new world. Whenever they actually got into these pyramids and found these these things, they found the seeds and they actually planted some of the seeds and the seeds produced. How many know seeds need to be sown to be produced? So the word of God was sown in your heart will not return void. Matthew 18 verse 19. If two of you on earth... How many is on earth? If two of you on earth are touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for... For them of my Father in heaven. You know, if you come into agreement, get into church, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. If you're sitting with people and in agreeing with people, the Bible says one can put a thousand a flight and two can put thousand, two, ten thousand of flight. So it's good to be in agreement. It's good to be around Christians. If two of you agree on earth as touching anything, it will be done of my Father which is in heaven. And we are on earth. Glory to God. <coughs> the Bible says we should be going to church. I was told this for years that you should be going to church. It says in the Hebrews uh, 10 and verse 25, New Living Transversion, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. How I many know some people do? I used to be some people who did neglect our meeting together. But encourage one another, especially now as his day is returning. You know, the world says, or even Christians say, the darkness is getting darker. You know what I mean? It's getting darker out there. It'll never be as bad as the days of Noah. And here's another thing, the light's getting brighter because it's another day sooner that Jesus comes back. We need to be focused on darkness or sin conscious. We need to be righteousness focused. We need to be focused on the light. We need to be focused on the answer and not the problem. And the light is getting brighter. I want to look at Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight shall be in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water, bringing forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he shall do shall prosper. How many want whatever you do to prosper? That's what the Word of God says. The unchangeable Word of God says that whatever you do will prosper. If you're not sitting listening to the BBC News or the RTE News and all them things that are being sown into your life today, if you're listening to what the Word of God says, I have a wee walk that I do sometimes down the edge of the River Ban in Guildford County Down. And there's some rocks right on the edge of the ban. I mean, solid blue rock. But out of that solid blue rock, there's big trees growing. And how they grow, I don't know. But I do know, I suppose, because they're planted by rivers of living water. They're planted where the roots are going down through the rocks into the, the bed of the river. And they're planted by rivers of living water. You're planted by rivers of living water sitting in church underneath the Word of God. The Bible says that you'll, you'll not wither. You'll be like a tree that, just like them trees in, in, in Guildford County down that are planted by the barn, but you're planted by rivers of living water. And whatever you do shall prosper. Daniel 11 verse 32 says, but the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's what God says about us. We can be strong because we know our God. And do exploits. How many know that we will have tests? But it's not good to focus on the test. And it's not good to be test minded. If you have a test, I'll tell you what you want. You want the test of money. And there's some people that you talk to. And all they tell you is, oh, I'm going through this test. I'm going through that test. I'm going through the other test. And they're test minded. We need to be focused on the answer. We need to put in the word of God and, and have a test of money. Even Jesus Whenever he was tempted, the Bible says when he endured the temptation, the devil left him for a season. You're not supposed to be in tests all the time. You're supposed to rule and reign in life by one Christ Jesus. You're supposed to know your God, be strong, and do exploits. I used to, as a child, really enjoy Captain Kirk and the Starship Enterprise. That shows you just how old they are. But actually, in the... When I was in the early 20s, I used to also like uh, the second generation and John Luke Picard. He was the captain of the Starship Enterprise at that time. But what I liked about him was they had got a plan, they'd have said what they're going to do and John Luke Picard was sat in this big captain suit he said, say, engage. <laughs> you know, we need to be those who have a plan, be strong in the Lord, do exploits and then sit and look at the building and say, maybe someday we'll get our ducks in a row and we'll build that church. Engage. Go for it. Do what God has told you to do. It's a very exciting time right now, being in this move of God, being in this church, and seeing what God is doing. You now, twenty or 30, twenty-five or thirty years ago, something fundamentally happened in my life that changed my life, and it was Pastor Rusty Martin, as a brother Rusty Martin, and some other mighty men of God came into uh, Dundalk. Uh, Republic of Ireland, out of uh, taxes, And one of the fundamental things that I learnt at that time was John 10.10 And this is a big thing for me. The thief comes but for the steal, kill and destroy. But I'm coming that you may have life. That was a big thing for me. To know that if it's stealing and it's killing and it's destroying it's not God. Because we used to be brought up in Northern Ireland and, you know, if you were brought up under, in, in, in my generation in Northern Ireland, we were taught the gospel. We knew we needed to be born again. But that was it. We didn't really learn anything else. We knew we needed to be born again. But born again is not the place, is is what you need to be. But you need to know what that what that brings into your life, being born again. You know, if the circumstances were bad, we accepted it. As Christians, we accepted it. In fact, we had sort of like suffering for Christ mentality. It was no ruling and reigning. You know, if we could be under the circumstances, we were under them. But there was no situation where you said, hold on a minute here, the Word of God says so forth and so on, we don't need to be under the circumstances, we just accepted it. We don't need to accept the circumstances. Hosea 4, verse 6 says, My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And boy, whenever I was growing up, Christians were perishing for a lack of knowledge. They didn't know what the Word of God says. They didn't know their benefits. How many of you know it's important to know your benefits? Your benefits are important. If you don't know your benefits, you're not going to be able to use them. You must know what your benefits are, you know. I come from uh, in between Portadown and Lurgan and Craigavon and Guildford in the country. I live on a farm. But every town in Northern Ireland, and particularly Lurgan, is either orange or half orange and half green. (laughs) You know? And uh, in Edward Street in Lurgan, there's this place called Mount Zion House, which which was an old convent. And generally all the green people went to The people who associate themselves with a nationalist background, they went to the convent to find out what they're entitled to. I mean, whenever we were being brought up in Northern Ireland back in the 80s, 70s, 80s, things were tight. And you know, if you were entitled to something, you really needed it. And people went there from the green side, eventually to get their benefits. And you know, from the orange side, from the, from the, from the loyalist side of, the, of, of Lurgan, you know, they wouldn't be seen really going into the green side. However, they found out that if you went to Mount Sand House, you could get your benefits. And I mean, it didn't care whether you were going into a convent or whatever. People needed their benefits. And they went into Mount Sand House and they got their benefits. People of God need to know their benefits. We need to know what we are entitled to. We need to know what this Word of God says that, that, that belongs to us. If we don't know what it belongs to us, how are we ever going to benefit from what belongs to us? Psalm 103, verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. How many of you know, if it says forget not all of his benefits, that means you can forget them. you can not rem- You can do without remembering what you're entitled to, what this Word of God says you should have. Where I came from in the 1970s and the 80s, people were perishing for lack of knowledge. It wasn't that they were forgetting their benefits. They didn't know they had them. They didn't know uh, what, what, what things this word says they could have. They didn't know that healing was provided for them or prosperity or anything else. Soundness of mind. They were just, you know, it was a sort of a mentality that I'm born again and I'm going to struggle through life I'm going to crawl on my hands and knees. And whenever I die, I'm going to scrape into heaven and not come in, you know, victoriously in any way. They're just going to get there and nothing more. You know, I heard a great analogy of this one time where this guy, these two guys were getting in this big fancy car and they're driving, say, from from Derry here down to Dundalk. And it was the middle of the winter and the first guy gets in the, the Jaguar car and the other guy gets in a similar Jaguar car and they head down to uh, Dundalk. The first guy gets there and says, well, how was your journey? He says it was terrible. He says it rained the whole way and I could hardly even see through the windscreen. And bad or not, it was nearly foundered. He says, nearly foundered. He says, it just made it here and nothing more. So the next boy arrives down in the same car, essentially, and says, well, how was your journey? He says it was amazing. He says the sound system in this this car is absolutely fabulous. He says, bad or not, there." The heated seat and the heated steering wheel, and the, these these wipers that go on whenever it rains, he knew his benefits and he got down there well. But the other fellow just made it and nothing more. We need to be there, people who know our benefits, who do exploits. You know, the other day, <laughs> I'm, I'm great for not knowing my benefits in relation to my car. I was coming back from Dundalk to Portadown, and whatever I was doing on my steering wheel, I hit cruise control. <laughs> And I mean, I've had the car for years and never knew, well, I knew I had it, but never knew how to use it. But I learned it by mistake. So I can now use my cruise control because I learned it by mistake. You know, one night I was coming into the house uh, and I locked the car, but I accidentally hit the lights and the lights stayed on. And I couldn't understand why the lights had stayed on because I had turned them off. But it was a facility for you to go into your house and turn the key in the door and lock the door and then automatically the lights go out in the car. So... I'm finding out the benefits of my QR sometimes by mistake, by not even really trying to find them. But it's good for us to know what our benefits is. (laughs) Like, nobody wants to take the time to read the instructions. You know, you get the iPhone... And you just want to do what, the, you know, what you know to do. But the iPhone can do so many more things than what actually you know to do. And I, I found out a lot of things in the iPhone by mistake. And it's the same thing, you know, many, many years ago, before a lot of yous were born, <laughs> we used to have video recorders. And like nobody used to know how to use a video, record. just push the tape cassette in and push the button and tape something. But it had a whole lot of more things that it could do with that. We need to know. What our word says and what the benefits are that we have. Brusty Martin used to preach us a, a, a thing that I never forgot about the devil. And it says in 1 Peter 5, verse 8 Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil. How many of you know you have an adversary? Your adversary is the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I mean, he can't devour you. The only reason he's going to devour you, beat you up or let you down is you don't know that he's got a land suit on. Rusty Martin used to say he's a land suit on but you can see his feet sticking out the bottom. He's not a roaring land. but this Bible says he goes about roaring as a roaring land, letting you think he's a roaring land. trying to get you to run from him trying to get you to run away from him. You know, I heard a, a mighty man of God said one time he was in this service, and this fella says, I've got the devil on the run. And the pastor says, that's brilliant. He says, the only problem is I'm running, and he's running after me. And you know, you should not be running away from the devil. You know, I have a big dog called Schubert, and he's a, he's a big, strong, black, uh, newfoundland dog. And I mean, if it'll run from him, he'll chase it. And there's wee rabbits running around our house, and that dog will chase them rabbits. And I mean, them rabbits wouldn't let, need to let him catch them because if he catches them, he'll devour them. But the day one of them rabbits ever finds out that if he they turn around and run at him, he'll run from them, <laughs> he's in trouble. You know, he used to think he could chase the cat and the cat would run off, run away from him for a day or two. And then the cat turned around and hit him a few scraps with the claws. Now, now he doesn't. Him and the cat's great friends now. And he'd have a couple of cows around the house, and he'll jump into the field and he'll run after these cows. And these cows are ten times bigger than him, big strong Hereford, Aberdeen, Angus cows. And he'll chase them round the field. And then the cow says, "Hang on a minute here." I'm fed up running around after this dog chasing me. And the cows turn around and they start running after him. I mean, he'll go through the fence like a bullet. <laughs> because he's a, if, if, he'll chase you as long as you'll run away from him. But the day you turn around and pursue him, he'll run from you. What does the Bible say? Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary is a roaring lion walking about, seeking who to fire. The Bible says who, that if you resist him, he'll flee from you. He'll flee from you. Just like the the cow being chased by Schubert caught on. I don't have to be chased anymore. You need to know I don't have to be chased anymore. I'm not going to be chased by this devil anymore. I'm going to put him in the run. I'm not running from the devil. He's going to be running from me. We have a conference coming up and I just want to encourage you to avail of every opportunity to sit under the word of this conference. Uh, Pastor Rusty Martin is coming over and I mean, he's a man who operates in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, in healings in prophecies, and prophecies on every aspect of the word of God. A great teacher and I want to encourage you to sit under the word of God to come and sit under the conference as much as you can. I mean, if the best team in the world was coming, you know, football team in the world was coming to play in the Brandywell, you know, next week, and you were a football fan, they would go and see West Ham. (laughs) So I want to encourage you, set time aside, expect to see signs and wonders, and put a demand on the Word of God. You know, it's wonderful preaching up here today. 'Cause sometimes you preach in places and it's hard to preach, but it's easy to preach here because you're putting a demand on the word. You've taken ears to hear. You know that Jesus says, take ears to hear and put a demand on the on, 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 on the teaching on the gift of the Holy Ghost. So I want to thank you. It's really easy to preach here. There's a demand on the Word of God. We go by what the Word of God says. And we receive benefits in faith. You know, feelings don't come into it. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It's what the Word says that counts. What you feel like doesn't come into it. You know, if I get up in the morning, sometimes I don't feel very born again. But it doesn't matter how you feel. I'm born again. You know, Leicester Somerville was a mighty man of God also in the last, uh, century, last century. But one of the, the obviously, the, one of the greatest gifts of the Holy Ghost was Smith Wigglesworth. And as a young man, Lester Somerville called to see Smith Wigglesworth. And he knocked on the door young one mo- and said to Smith Wigglesworth in Bradford in England, said, Smith, how are you today? He says, I never ask myself how I am today. He says, I tell myself how I am today. We need to tell our bodies who we are today. We need to know who's in control. You know, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a physical body. This physical body is your earth suit. You need that to be in this earth. But your spirit is the real you. And you need to... Let your spirit run your life. Not your mind or your emotions or your feelings. You renew those. You're a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a physical body. I mean, when you get born again, your spirit is made new. You're a new creature. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things become new. I mean, whenever I get born again... Uh, I had her, but if I was only getting born again now, I still wouldn't have a whole lot of her. (laughs) You know, if you get born again, you know, tonight and you're fat, you know what's going to happen? You're still going to be fat because your body has to be trained. If you're going to, you know, be fat, that's what you're going to be. You have to train your physical body. If you get born again, your mind's not going to be made new. You need to renew your mind because your mind has got old habits, got old things it used to do, you know, some people, when they get born again, get set free from everything. Whenever I got born again, I just didn't get set free for everything. There were some things I had to renew my mind to. There were some old habits that I had to break in my life. And one of them was, I used to smoke cigarettes. You wouldn't believe it, look at my now, like. <laughs> but I used to smoke cigarettes. And that was my weakness. And I can remember, you know, I had a desire to stop smoking. I wanted to honor God. You know, the Bible says that he's put me in authority. And here I am with a leaf that's putting on keeping me down this leaf which was tobacco leaf and i decided i was going to get set free from this tobacco and managed the day i was going down the road and i threw the cigarettes out the window of the car. It's not very it's not very good thing to throw cigarettes but i did it i threw the cigarettes out to the window of the car, and the next day i was running around the, the verge of the, looking for where through the cigarette shot because i needed to smoke you know what i mean I consistently sat under the word of God as the pastor told me for six months, and eventually I got off the cigarettes and I forgot about them. And this night, I was sitting in uh, in, in Bible school because you ha- I said I said, go, under the word every time the doors opened. I mean, on Monday, Sunday there was a service. Sunday night there was a service. Bible school Monday night for three hours. Wednesday night there was uh, teaching for an hour two hours. Well, one. Monday night I was sitting in Bible school and it had progressed from the summer into the winter. It was around, I suppose, uh, November time or something. And I had this coat on that I never had on before. And I put my hand in my pocket and there was a big packet of cigarettes. And I'd forgot clean all about them. I remember showing people, look at the cigarettes. And Poor people thought this fella here is you know, a bit of a head case. But I was so pleased that I was no longer under subjection to them cigarettes because the Word of God had transformed my life. Sitting under the Word of God will do that. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You need to renew your mind. You need to train your mind. Your spirit is born again. But your mind is not. You develop your spirit also. You know, the Bible says... You develop your faith, I mean. The Bible says that whenever we got born again, every man was given the same measure of faith. But that faith can be developed. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. As you're sitting under the word, your faith will be developed. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity... Every thought to the obedience of Christ. So things may come into your mind and thoughts may come against you, but you have to cast them down. You have to bring them into captivity. Take them out, put them in jail, take authority over them. I can remember as a child years ago working on my grandest tractor or something and uh, I was only like eight or ten or something like that and he had said to me, hold the light on that, uh, whatever he was working at, while he was working at the starter motor or whatever. And it was one of them old lights, you know, the long lead and and, and, and the bulb in it, and I was holding the light on it. And as long as I was looking at him, looking at what he was working at, the light was on it. But as soon as I started looking around, the light was good off. And he'd say, get the light back on that. I can't see what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And I've, I've seen me even doing it recently, shining the light on something, or are working on it, and your, your mind goes away. It's the same with the Word of God. You need to put the Word of God. Sometimes you'll think you know what the Word of God says. You'll think that you're doing what God says you should be doing. But unless you're putting the light of the Word of God in your heart, you're going to miss it. That's another reason to sit under and go to church. Get the light switched on. Joshua 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein, day and night, that thou mayst observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And man, you know, we need to meditate on what the Word of God says. We don't need to meditate on the problem. We need to meditate on the answer. You know, you'll have all sorts of thoughts flying around your mind. Just like the birds are flying around outside. The seagulls around here, crows where I come from, or robins or whatever, they're flying around, you know. But I'll tell you one thing. They can fly around all the lake out there, but you're not going to let them sit in your head or put a nest in your hair. You're going to chase them away. However, Christians, the devil starts telling them something and they start meditating on the problem. They start meditating on what the devil says. We need to meditate on what the word of God says. You know, you need to meditate. We used to sing a wee song years ago, whose report will we believe? We need to meditate on the report of the Lord and what God says about our health, about our finances, about our mind, our will and emotions, about what God has told us to do. We need to know what the word of God says. and We need to meditate on that. And that'll change the situation. Don't meditate on the problem. Meditate on the answer. You can't let your flesh dictate to you. You have to put it down. You know, another great statement I heard one time is, if you can keep the devil in the realm of faith, you'll win every time. But if he can keep you in the realm of reason, you're stuffed every time. You have to keep him in the realm of faith. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27 in the Northern Ireland version. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. If you let your flesh do what it wants to do, it'll kill itself. You have to take control of your flesh. I mean, your flesh is not want, it will eat the biggest load of rubbish. It'll drink the wrong stuff you know, you'll take it to a gym and they'll say, I don't want to do this. You're in control. You're in control. Your spirit is in control. You put it in control. You don't let your mind in control. It's trainable. You don't let this physical body be in control. It's trainable. You can train it. You eat enough food and drink and cigarettes and drugs and your flesh will do all that. Them things will kill you. You know, new Christians... Sometimes at the start, you know, don't want to go to church. You know, you don't want to train it. It's just like, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't feel like doing this. You don't go by your feelings. You do what you need to do. You train your body. Who's running your body anyway? Is your flesh running it? Is your mind running it? Or you run it with your spirit. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know, nobody likes alcohol the first time to drink it. Like, I didn't like alcohol the first time to drink it. I had to train myself to like it. You know, I mind whenever it was a wee fella. <laughs> you know, if it hadn't been well or something, your mommy would have got your jars and you poured the medicine into you because you wouldn't take it. You know, sometimes you just have to take your medicine. You just have to sit in another word. You have to bring your body under. You know, women in the Old Testament, what they used to do, it's a ch- they would train their children to eat good things. But, you know, you just let a child eat what it wants to eat. It's just going to live in sweets and all the junk of the day. So they had got all the stuff that was good for it, the cabbage and, and you know, the chicken and all that sort of stuff. And they had chewed it up and stuck it in the roof of their mouth and the children had to take their tongue and work it off it. And they kept doing that them. Children acquired a taste for good food. You know, you, you, sometimes you have, to, you have to train children how to eat. You just can't let them eat what they want to eat. And they'll wrap the teeth clean out of their head. You, it's the same with your, uh, as young Christians. They have to bring their body under. Even us as Christians. And they have to get into church and sit in, uh, sit in under the word. You know, we need to encourage young Christians. You know, they're going to fall. I fell as a young Christian lots of times. But as young Christians come in and sit on under the Word, they're going to fall. You need to encourage them to come back to church. You need to not be in a condemning. Jesus didn't come to condemn. We don't need to be in condemning. We need to encourage them, no matter what they're doing. You know, whenever a child's learning to walk, a wee baby, they fall down under their butt and they get up again, and they fall down under their butt and they get up again. Don't, fall, don't say, I've had enough of this walking, carry on. They keep on going till they can walk. We need to keep on going. Them young Christians need to keep on going till they can do and stand on their own two feet. First Peter says, chapter 2 and verse 2, as newborn babes desire, and there's a key, they need to desire it, the sincere milk of the word, that they may grow thereby. They must, desire, they must desire it, and they must apply themselves. You can't take them to hand to go to church, but you need to encourage them to go to church and sit in under the word. The Bible says in John 8, verse 36, if the Son therefore sets you free, you shall be free indeed. How many know, even if you don't feel free, even if you don't do the actions of free, that doesn't change what the Word of God says. If you're a child of God today, and you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, irrespective of what you're doing, the truth is you're free. You know, the Word of God is unchangeable. Like, and it's an unchangeable truth. I mean, there are changeable truths, and they're unchangeable truths. Naturally and spiritually. Like, the truth is that that uh, tray is on that table. And that's a fact. That's a fact that it's there. But it's a changeable one because I've just lifted it off it. It's not there anymore. It was there. And that was a fact. But the facts have changed. You know, sometimes people will come to me and I'll say I'm believing God for this or that or the other. And they say, ah, you need to face the facts. You need to look in reality. You're not living in in the real world here. I don't care whether I'm living in the real world or not. I'm applying the unchangeable Word of God that doesn't change. And it will change the facts. The facts are subject to change. Now, some natural facts don't change. Two and two will always make four. It doesn't matter what way you put two and two around, it's going to make four. It's a bit like the Word of God says. It says what it says, and it will change the facts. Although... Sickness is subject to change. Lack is subject to change. Bondage is subject to change. Because the Bible says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. You are free, that's the truth. But you have a job to do. You have to sit in under the Word. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Well, there's what you've got to do. You've got to attend to the words of God. You've got to put them in. You've got to read the manual. I mean, how are you going to know how to use all the benefits of the iPhone if you don't actually read the instructions on how to use it as the manufacturer designed? It's the same with this word. My son, attend to my words. Incline, them unto thy, incline thine ear unto my son. That's your ear gate. Let, not, let them not depart from your eyes. You need to put them in your eyes and in your ears. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Show them in the seeds and the seeds of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health unto all their flesh. Another word for that, the word health unto their flesh is medicine. The word of God is like medicine to you. It will be a benefit to you. So let your light shine. Be a doer of the word. What are you putting in your heart? I mean, this pandemic came up a couple of years ago and we were inundated with COVID-19. I mean, you couldn't have turned the BBC News on or any other news channel. I actually had, there's an app on my, my uh, uh, phone and on the first page is the BBC News because I like to keep in touch and know what's going on in the world. However, I had to take that app, move it across and get as far away as I could as possible because that news, we were inundated of it. We need to inundate us from in what the Word of God says because it produces fear. And fear's going that way and faith going that way. I mean, you can't be in faith or something if you're afraid of something. You have to be in faith and it was promoting fear and I had to put it away. Man, we need to put the word and if there's something that's in our life that's stopping it, we need to put it out. We don't need to be double-minded because that's going to cause double-minded. You know, some people will come to me and say, you know, when they're feeling all, you know, spiritual and all, I'm believing God for such and such and for on, and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. But here's the thing. Luke 6.45 says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, but an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from your heart. The Bible also says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You can say something out of your mind here, but if you get round somebody... And you're sitting talking to them and they're not switched on to try and keep up appearances as Mrs. Bucket done. She, you are, what you're essentially doing is you're having a, out of their hearts going to come what they're believing for. Because you can't hide what's in your heart. And if you put this word in your heart in abundance, that's, when going to, that's what's going to come out. So if the storm comes and it's boisterous, what's going to come out of your heart? Run for the hills or I come against you in the name of Jesus. You need to know what the word says, and you need to let your heart be filled with the word of God so that it comes out of your mouth. You have what you say. The Bible says in Mark 11 and verse 24, it says, Whosoever, who's whosoever, that's us, shall say, Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things what he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now we used to encourage people years ago, you, you have what you say. And why do we do that? That's what the Bible says. It says in that, chap- in that verse three times to say and one time believe. What you say is real important. Your words are so important. We need to remember our benefits. Benefit number one, we're saved. We're born again. We've got an eternal victory in Christ I mean, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul says, I I want to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. I mean, if you leave this earth suit, you're you're, you're in heaven. The other thing is, you're healed. The Bible says that Jesus bore your sickness, carried your disease, and by his stripes ye were healed. You're not going to get healed. He says, you are healed. We need to get in touch with what the Word says and put the devil in the run in relation to our healing. We have supernatural provision. The Bible says, When you bring your tithes into the storehouse, so it is meet in my house, prove me here and how with. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, you shall not have room enough to receive. You need to put, it, you need to put a demand on that. It says, Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of your increase. Therefore, your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. You need to put a demand on that. Jesus says, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, even men shall give into your bosom. It says in Corinthians, if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully and you'll have all grace abounding towards you that you're always having all sufficiency and all things can abound to every good work. Now the provision and the things, you have a part to play. The healing and the salvation, you don't, you just have to receive them. But the provision, you have a part to play. Wisdom. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom in anything, to ask of Christ that gives liberally and believe you receive wisdom. Length of days, you know, my daddy come well, went into a, to have a heart operation about eight years ago. And I, he was worried about it. You know, when you go in them doctors, you're in that environment and it's a whole kerfuffle, kerfuffle where you have to say, oh, I'm going to stay in hospital because you leave hospital, you get out of the waiting list and all that. Sitting there for months waiting for a heart transplant people dying in the hospital waiting for heart transplants it was a total disaster but anyway i came in and i i was giving daddy messages i was bringing in the little ipod so he could listen to the word and be encouraged and get his faith up and things were collapsing around him that word of god was like a like a stanchion holding him up holding him up when everything was collapsing around him and going down the doctors coming and telling him you could die at any time i says daddy i'm believing with you now for another 10 years so he come to me there about a month ago, and he says, do you remember you told me about, you know, another 10 years, He went through the operation, the operation was a great success, and I says, yes, Daddy. He says, well, I've only got a couple of years left. (laughs) I says, Daddy, what does the word of God say? That's the answer. With a long life, I will, what you? Satisfy you. I says, you're not going home The way you are now, because you're not satisfied. You're happy to be here. You're happy to fulfill what God has called you to do, to enjoy your life and to be a benefit. I says, therefore, you are not about to go home. I says, you have many more years here. I says, just go home when you're satisfied. As I said before, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Paul says, "I, I, I want to depart, which is far better, and be with Christ. Therefore, you be satisfied. So, length of days is another benefit. The generation of the righteous shall be blessed. We are the generation of the righteous. Blessed means empowered to prosper. We are empowered to prosper. The Bible says you can leave an inheritance to your children's children. The Bible says that you can rule and reign in life by one Christ Jesus. We used to sing a wee song years ago. He's under my feet, he's under my feet. Now my victory is complete. For Jesus, spoiled principalities, made a show of them openly. He's under my feet. Where's the devil? So when you're talking to him, you point at him down there, because that's where he's at. He's under your feet. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. What's more than a conqueror? Jesus conquered. Then he took the keys of hell and death, and he gave them to you that you could be more than a conqueror. The Bible says, God prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. We don't need to worry about people. People are our purpose, not our problem. But I'll tell you what, I've seen it again and again in my life. People come against you. I walk in love. My confidence is not in them. As Brother Adrian says at the start, my confidence is in the Lord, my God. you know what God does? He prepares a table before you in the presence of them. You always win. As Tamar said to me one time, I was in a bit of a disheartened thing because something had happened that I didn't expect to happen. God perfects them things which concern you. Doesn't matter what it is. I've seen me in things years ago and I can't understand why that happened. Seeing all that like, years down the road, I come out on top of it and realized that God was preparing another way for me. God will order your steps. Keep your eyes on the on not on not the circumstances, but on the word of God. The Bible says that God's your helper. How many you know our help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. God is on the Lord is on my side. Whose side is the Lord on? He's on my side. I will not fear what man will do unto me. There's many more promises. The Bible says that you'll have favor. He says he can pass you with favor as a shield, etc., etc. The more you dig out of the word the more you'll get out of it. It's inexhaustible. I mean, from now to eternity, you will not exhaust the benefits and the things that God has prepared for them who love him in this word. There are key people here. There are key people listening to this scripture that's going to get under this word. I'm telling you, this building's going to fill up very quickly. You're not here by chance. You didn't just walk into this building and think, oh, I'll go there. You're here because the Holy Spirit pulled you here. And I'm telling you, this is going to be a great move of God. We need to continue to fight the good of fight of faith. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We, need to do, we don't need to be holding on by our strength. We need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Well, this is what the word says. I'm going to hold on in the power of the Lord and the power of his might. You know, many years ago, the Germans developed a great airship called the Hindenburg. A big, massive airship twice the size of this building. And they floated this airship from... Uh, Berlin and Germany over to Texas or somewhere and the, the, as it landed in the United States of America to show big showcases Hindenburg and had travelled over the Atlantic Ocean they dropped about a hundred ropes out of it and all these US Marines there to catch these ropes and hold on to the ropes to pull this Hindenburg down but something went wrong with that Hindenburg and instead of these Marines being able to pull the Hindenburg down it started going up again And some of the marines held on and were wise enough to let go when they fell down two or three feet. Other marines held on and went up far too high and fell down and broke bones. Some of them went up that high when they fell down and killed them. It was that big of a problem. But one marine in particular held on and held. I mean the thing was away up in the clouds and you could just see this marine hanging on with this rope. And women were fainting and babies were crying. I mean, if it, when this boy fell down, which they were expecting him to fall down any time, all it would have left in the ground was a greasy spot. He was that high up. However, they've actually got this Hindenburg under control and they brought her back down to, 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 to near land. And all rushed and got this marine off and they says, how did you hold on so long? He says, how long so long? He says, I pulled myself up, wound the rope around me. It held me, I didn't hold it. A lot of people are trying to hold on by the power of their might. Put your hands on the Word of God and hold on on the power of His might. You're strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The Word of God is an unchangeable truth. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. And you know what? I think that's a good place just to, to, to wind up. A few other things I've got to say there, but I think that's just a good place to stop. So I hope you're encouraged. Hope it's going to benefit you in your faith. Hope you get into your groove. Hope you get into the call of God in your life. You know, many years ago, there used to be an advert on TV. Happiness is a cigar called Hamlet. (laughs) Many know happiness is not a cigar called Hamlet. Happiness is a right relationship with God. You get in that relationship, there's provision there. There's a spouse there. There's children there. There's a desire. Oh, uh, the Bible says God gives you the desires of your heart. Well, he's not going to put desires in your heart not to give you them. If God's put them in, the, in your heart, you're going to get them. But you get into your groove and attend to his word and let it not depart from the eyes. keep it in the midst of your heart for it's life unto those that find them. So, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity, just to thank your Holy Spirit for moving here today. I want to thank you for the, the, the great attendance we had here and for the people who put a demand on the Holy Ghost, your children. And I thank you, Lord, that this word, Lord, will benefit them. It'll not return void, it'll accomplish that word sent, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you have, we are strong in you and the power of your might. And we are ruling and reigning in life by one Christ Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that we're able to do what you've called us to do and be what you've called us to be. And help us to let our light shine, Father God. Help us to be a witness and help us to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. In Jesus' name, amen. so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located in the city at 76 Strand Road and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk